Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And on today's episode, one of our listeners has a great question. They want to know the answer to this. What does it mean that God is a consuming fire? In Deuteronomy 4.24 and 9.3, the Lord is identified as a consuming fire. In Hebrews, the author warns the Hebrews to worship the Lord with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 12.29 says. Now, there's nothing unusual or mysterious about the Hebrew and the Greek words translated consuming fire. They mean a fire that consumes or even destroys. In both Deuteronomy passages, the Lord is called a consuming fire. Moses speaks first to warn the Israelites against idolatry, because of God's jealousy, who will not share his glory with worthless idols. Idolatry provokes the Lord to righteous anger, which is justified when the holiness of God is malign. In Deuteronomy 9.3, Moses refers to the Lord as a consuming fire who would go ahead of the Israelites unto the promised land, destroying and subduing their enemies before them. Here we discover the wrath of God is against those who oppose him, who consumes and destroys anything in his path. Now Abraham, Aaron's son Abhu and Nadab were destroyed by fire when they offered strange fire, which is a profane sacrifice in the tabernacle. You see, their sacrifice was a sign of disregard for the holiness of God and the need to honor him in holy fear. Elijah's confrontation with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel it occurred when the prophets of Baal called upon their God all day long to rain fire from heaven to no avail. And then Elijah built an altar of stones, dug a ditch around it, put the sacrifices on the top of the wood, and called for the water to be poured out on his sacrifice three times. And then Elijah called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent fire from heaven, consuming the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and even licked up the fire in the ditch. And after that, the anger of the Lord turned towards the false prophets, resulting in them being killed. Now, Isaiah is another example of God's consuming fire. When prophesying the destruction of the Assyrians who resisted the true and the living God and made war against the people of God, Isaiah refers to the tongue of the Lord as consuming fire in Isaiah 30, 27-30. Now, the holiness of God is why God is a consuming fire. It burns up anything that's unholy. The holiness of God separates him from sinful man. In the death of Jesus, he has provided all the righteousness that sinners would ever need, mitigating the wrath of God, exchanging his perfect righteousness for our sin. And since the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, now those who belong to him need not fear the same fate as the Assyrians. We also need not fear the wrath of God, since the purifying blood of Jesus covers the people of God. Now, after Israel's idolatry with the golden calf, Moses sought assurance from the Lord that he would not destroy Israel, but be with the people and set them apart from other nations. The Lord assured Moses he would stay with Israel, and then he would request it to see his glory. 
Now, the request to see God's glory is crucial because it first shows the true source of assurance for God's people is none other than the Lord himself. Moses had seen the mighty acts of the Lord in delivering Israel from the Egyptians in the crossing of the Red Sea. And given the sin of Israel, Moses sought greater assurance the Lord would not break his covenant, even though the people had been faithless with the Lord. Now, Moses' request here is truly remarkable because God in response reveals an essential part of all the the God-consuming nature of his glory. In fact, in Exodus 33, 17-23, the Lord agreed to show Moses his goodness, but not his face directly, because no one can see the fullness of his glory directly and live. Now, Moses would have to be content to see the Lord's back, but not his face. Now, the Lord does not have a face or a back like humans do. These are metaphors for a direct vision, or a direct vision, I should say, of the Lord's glory. So, even so, the Lord was gracious in granting Moses a request and letting him see his glory only indirectly. One day, the people of God will see the face of God face to face, but that cannot happen until all our sin has been removed and Christians are glorified. And so on that final day, the people of God will see him and be like him. 1 John 3, 2 says, But until then, any sinner who would see him directly will be consumed. You see, in his glory, God is a consuming fire, so sin and sinners cannot be sustained in his presence. Until we are fully renewed after the image of Christ and glorification, we await to see the incomprehensible brightness of the divine glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. See, the consuming fire of the Lord matters because of our worship. And so rather than treating worship flippantly, we should worship the Lord properly and reverently. We are to worship the Lord in spirit and truth because our whole lives are before his face. The Lord as a consuming fire should make the people of God reverent in worship, humble in prayer, and realize the Lord is not to be trifled with since he is holy and deserves all glory. He is loving, but he is our king and our only sovereign. Christians should desire to know the Lord more each day and have a more in-depth view and understanding of his majesty. See, Christians need to maintain both the holiness and the love of God intention without minimizing or even neglecting either. And as the people of God, may we meditate more on his revealed character and ask for the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truth of Scripture to both our hearts and our minds, for this will stir up our affections to the holy fear and reverence of the Lord in our lives. I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.